Good day, everyone. Thank you for joining us again today. Um, our scripture is going to come from 1 Peter chapter 1, 13 to verse 23. 13 to 23. Before we go to the Lord's word, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you once again for this day that you have given us, Father. Pray you continue to guide us and lead us, guide us and be with us, Lord. Continue your hand upon each and every one of us, Lord. I pray that you be with the listener, Lord, that they would uh, uh, receive your word, Father. Prepare our hearts for your word. Guide us and lead us, guide us and be with us, Lord, and that you would use me, Lord, this day to speak your word, Lord. Guide and give me the insight, Lord, and the understanding. I ask all these things, Father. In your Son, Jesus Christ's name I pray, Lord, let it be. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 1, 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it, it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brother, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Amen. Peter has just told the people about their new birth and the new life they had in Jesus Christ. And he continues on here in uh, chapter 1. So as we look at our verses here in chapter 1, verses 13 to 16, and uh, the preparedness that we should have as uh, individuals, as we move into our scripture for today, it starts off with the word, therefore. Peter is making the connection to what he had just mentioned about the new birth and hope in Jesus Christ. Now, in connection to the new birth and hope, Peter says, prepare your minds for action. The verses from 13 and 16 center around verse 16 and the call to be holy. There is an action that needs to take place within our lives. When we come to Christ and experience our new birth, there are action steps after that which need to be put in place. We need to get ready to be holy. Holiness just doesn't happen. The call is to be holy. Not that you are already holy, but that you need to be holy. God in himself is holy, but we are called to be holy because we on our own are not holy. There is work involved after we have become saved. We have to get our minds ready or prepared. We need to prepare them for what God has in store. There is a process in holiness. It is the pre preparation of the mind. The preparation is to look to the future of all things, to the living hope in Jesus Christ. First and foremost, our preparation starts with establishing our relationship with Jesus Christ. That needs to be at the forefront, our relationship 
our one-on-oneness with Jesus Christ needs to be at the forefront of our Christian walk. Now we are brothers and sisters in Christ, meaning we have been made brothers and sisters in Christ through our acceptance of him as our Lord and Savior. We've only become, we've only become joint heirs with Christ because we said, okay, Jesus Christ, I accept you in my life as Lord and Savior. And so in doing so, we become heirs with with Jesus Christ. We are heirs to the kingdom of heaven. And through our acceptance and through this acceptance of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have become children of God and we are now a part of his family we are a part of the family of God so as members of his family we want to mimic the habits of our father God so there are certain standards that we should meet certain things that we should live up to certain things that we should try and live by and that's living by God's word living by his command how how what does God do what did Jesus Christ do we should mimic those uh, habits so as Christians or to be Christ-like is to walk in the way that God would want us to walk. And as we look at that, that's what our habits should do. We should try and mimic that of Jesus Christ. And so Peter says, be self-controlled. And he's not talking about emotions. When we say someone has lost it or they're losing it, it's often referred to them as losing their temper and they've lost control of themselves and they just lost it. They, They went off the deep end. But this is more than that type of uh, 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 self-control. It's to have a total self-control over every aspect of our lives. Peter's saying, don't be overcome by the things of this world. Don't let the world influence you so much that you lose sight of Jesus Christ. And his call for you is to be holy. So self-control is a characteristic of holiness. In order to be holy, we need to act in a holy manner, and that is to be self-controlled in all that we do to control this body, control this vessel, control this mind, control my arms and my legs, control my eyes, control what I hear. All that is taking place here to live a holy life and to be self-controlled. So we have to control this thing that we have, this this body. And so Peter says to live a self-controlled life. And Peter also says this, to set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you. Hope is a great thing. Hope in something is, is, is a really awesome thing. We look at this disease that is going around and our hope is that this thing comes to an end, that we see the light at the end of the tunnel, that we see the ending of it all and we're able to go out and fellowship with one another again. And that is our hope. William uh, uh, Wormsby says, we can all endure struggles and effort and toil if if we are certain that it is all leading us somewhere. We can go through struggles. We can go through all these efforts. We can go through all these sufferings. If we know it's going to get us somewhere, we can go through all this being isolated at home, all our struggles at home. If we know at the end we're going to get to go out and overcome this virus. And, and, and that's what it is with Jesus Christ. We have our hope in knowing that if we look up and we survive and we get through all of this, our life, that one day we will be with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, up in glory. This past weekend, they've had this uh, NFL draft that was on TV. And it's all these players, these college players that, that you know, put in the work and put in all the effort so that they could become part of an NFL team. And they train and they train and they train and they train so that some team could look at the, this a certain player and say, yes, 
We like that guy. We need that guy. We like how he's put together. We like how he works. We like his ethics. We like his work habits. We like all that about him. And so we're going to pick him for our team. And these players have to prepare themselves. They have to prepare their bodies. They have to prepare their minds for everything that they're going through in the hopes that one day they would be uh, picked by an NFL team. And so for us, we're just like them. Christians need to put in the hours, need to put in the hours and hours of work and the toil and the preparation to be holy. We're just not holy. We have to work at it. You have to prepare yourself. You have to put in the hours. You have to read God's word. You have to pray. You have to be one in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The original meaning of holy in the Jewish text, meant to be separate, to be separate or, or cut off from, to be different. We are to be like God in our holiness. We are to be like Christ-like in our holy, holiness, not bound to anything of this earth. We are to be cut off from this earth. We are to be separated from the earthly things. And we are supposed to cut ourselves off from those worldly things that pull us away from God. Because this world is trying to, is like a magnet trying to pull us back to itself. But we want to go to God. We want to put our efforts in seeking God. And Peter says, set your hope on God. First Peter chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with the same attitude. Because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. You see, this world is trying to pull us back to itself. It's trying to get us to walk in how we used to walk, do the things we used to do. Go back to the bottle, go back to the drugs, go back to all the things that corrupted our lives, all the things, all the things we used to look at, all the things we used to hear, all the gossip, all that, all that other uh, earthly rhetoric that's out there. And it's trying to pull us away. But for us as Christian people, we want to do the will of God. We want to live for Jesus Christ. And that's what our strive is. Our hope is in knowing our future lies within the heavenly realms. As the song go goes, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. This world, this world here that we live in is not our final destination. It's not where we're going to settle. Our home is up in glory, up in heaven. And we're just passing through. We're just going through these little struggles for a moment. And then we will be with our Father up in heaven. We as brothers, as sisters in Christ do not set our minds on things of this world. Or we should not set our minds on things of this world. But sometimes we do. Sometimes we're led astray. Sometimes we're, our mind gets uh, um, preoccupied with other things of this world. And we should not let that happen. And we should not conform to that. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The transformation comes by a renewed effort, a renewed, a renewed effort you put in to your mind by reading God's word, 
then you will be will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. And so for each and every one of us, we can be transformed every day, transformed by and the renewing of our minds every day by getting in God's word. Then we will know what God's will is for our lives. Some people say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what God has for me. Get in God's word and find out. Open God's word and see what he wants you to do. Open God's word and see what direction he wants you to go. And it'll let you know and he'll let you know. And so as we uh, move on, the continuation that Peter talks about here in verse uh, 17 to 25. Peter continues on with his thoughts in his final verses of chapter 1. He calls us to do two things. First, he calls us to live our lives as strangers here in reverent fear. So strangers here on earth, coming back to setting your mind above, setting, setting your thoughts on things above. The second thing he calls us to do is to love one another deeply from the depths of our heart or deeply within our heart. 18 to 21 gives us the reasoning as to why we are to live as strangers here. Remember, that the law was given to the Jewish people so it would guide their way of living. But they turned it into a set of rules and regulations that amounted to an empty service of God. So Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, 67, he said this, he replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites as it is written. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. And so what this thing, this, this law was, was presented to the Jewish people um, through Moses. God came to Moses, gave them the law, and they, the people lived by this. But it turned into something that it was not intended to. It turned into a sort of a circus sort of thing that, that the people were just following these rules. They weren't really, they didn't love God in any manner. They weren't really serving God in any manner. They were just following a set of rules. And now Peter is telling them to live as strangers here because it was not by these laws or these rules and regulations that they were redeemed. They weren't redeemed by the law because if they were redeemed by the law, if the law could save them, then there would be no need for Jesus Christ. But the law could not do that. And so Peter says, you know, you are strangers that you are not redeemed by the law and the regulations, but you were redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. And they are to live with reverent fear also because the price that was paid was so high. Jesus paid the price for everyone, but not everyone accepts this gift. For us that have accepted this gift, we should have a reverent fear because we know that the cost of our salvation was the cost of Jesus Christ going to the cross and dying for our sins. sins. He was the lamb without blemish, meaning he did not have a sin. He did not commit sin within his life. And so he didn't go to the cross for his own sin. He didn't go to the cross because he did something wrong. He went to the cross because we did something wrong. He went to the cross because we are full of sin. We are corrupt. We live in this world and are corrupted by this world. And we have sin in our lives. Paul says, all have fallen short of the glory of the Lord, which means we've all sinned. We've all stumbled. We've all fell. 
And so Jesus Christ went to the cross because we are all sinners. And praise the Lord, we are still sinners, but we as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are sinners saved by grace. Amen. And because we have faith in our in God, we have faith in God and knowing that one day we will be with him in glory. And that is the hope we have. And the second thing that Peter calls on us to do as children of God, as 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 Christian brothers and sisters, is to love one another deeply. Amen. That's easy to do, right? To love one another and to love one another deeply. From where? From the heart, he says. You love people from the heart. You love them with all your heart. But herein lies the difficulty. There's a difficulty about this because the, the heart is not always full of love and it's not always loving. I've heard people say uh, to others and, and, and in the world, this is the, the worldly saying, follow your heart or do what your heart desires. When we say that, then we are playing with fire and gas at the same time. We are presenting an unbiblical idea that only sounds good on the surface. Follow your heart sounds good, but it leads to destruction. What I mean by that, it destroys your relationship with God because you are not allowing the will of God to rule in your life. You are allowing your heart and your desire to rule in your life. Another, that, another thing that makes us follow, make, makes follow your heart so destructive is the heart itself. So the heart in itself makes it uh, destructive. Now, I'm not talking about the physical heart of a man and woman. I'm not talking about the, the organ within your body that, that pumps blood and, and circulates the blood in your body. That's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is, what I'm talking about is the innermost part of a person, the innermost part that drives them. The heart of a person in, in, in is the emotional side, the drive and the, the desire within that person. That's the heart of the person. The heart of, of each person is the emotional, the drive and the desire to, to do something. And that should be all deflected to, to God, toward God. But sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it goes elsewhere. And the heart of a person is, is in that same category. It goes somewhere else. Jesus <clears throat> had a great understanding of the heart. And he had a very candid view, a very candid understanding of the heart of man. Take your Bibles. Turn to Matthew chapter 15. 18 and 19. And this is what Jesus says. About the heart of man. But the things that come out of the mouth. Come from the heart. And these make a man unclean. For out of the heart. Come evil thoughts. Murder. Adultery. Sexual immorality immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. Now, if we are to love with our heart, if Peter calls on us to love with our heart, love has some fighting to do. Love has a battle on its hands because it has to displace all these things. It has to displace the evil thoughts. It has to displace the adultery. 
It has to displace the, the gossip. It has to displace the immorality. It has to displace the, the lying and the slander. It has to displace all that. It has to get it out of there and then begin to love. Because these things are occupying our heart right now. These things occupy our heart. These thoughts that, and these things that, that take place are occupying our heart. And love has to come in and overcome all that. And so we see that all these things have to be overcome by the heart. That means the greatest commandment is put to the test. The greatest commandment is met with some resistance in Matthew chapter 22, 37 and 44. When asked, when asked, Jesus replied what the greatest commandment was. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law... And the prophets hang on these two commandments. So everything we just talked about, everything we just said, the heart of man, the, the hope, and all these things that we just talked about, and the mind, the preparation of the mind to be holy, hang on this. Hang on love. Loving our neighbor. Loving God. All of that is a battle. All of that is a challenge. All of that, you know, pushes us because sometimes people aren't easy to love. They just aren't. They rub us the wrong way. They probably get on our nerves. There's that one person that you're like, oh, here they come again. You know, and, and, and that's just the reality. Well, maybe that's just me. I'm probably the only one in the whole world that has those thoughts, but that's the point. But you know, it's a challenge to love. It's a challenge to love uh, uh, people at times because people aren't always uh, loving. You know, we, they, they don't have that persona of being loved like, man, they have a, a you know, only a mom, a mom could love that person. But, you know, that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. And if our mind is right, if our mind is set in place and our hope is in the right place and we are holy, it's not that difficult to do because the love that God has is in our hearts as well. It has overcome all those things, overcome those evil thoughts, overcome those immoral thoughts, overcome that line, overcoming that slander, overcoming all those things. And love overcomes that if we allow it to. And Peter calls us to live a holy life. We, we are called that by called to do that by God's word. But it's not easy to live in a world and maintain a holy walk. The anti-God atmosphere around us that the, that the Bible calls the world is always pressing against us, trying to force us to conform. That's by uh, a minister by the name of Warren Wearsby. We're always being pressed by the world. We're always trying to be formed by the world. And the world is pressing up against us, trying to mold us into what it wants us. But let God mold you into what he wants for your life. And that is the challenge as brothers and sisters set, you know, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the challenge set for us, that we are to be molded by God and not conform to the world any longer. We know the path we are on is not an easy one. Our hope is not 
in an easy walk with the Lord. You know, I, I hope you're, you're not ready for the easy times. I hope you're not, you know, come to Christ just so that things would be easy because it's a challenge. It will challenge you and it will press you. And, and but that one day, one day that your hope would lie in that one day you will be present with your Father and your Lord Jesus Christ up in glory. Amen. And that is our hope. And that's what Peter is saying. Peter is talking to a people who are being challenged. He's talking to a people who are being persecuted. He are, he's talking to a people who are being killed. That, that, that the government has laid them as enemy number one. And Peter is encouraging them. Peter is telling them to you know, stand fast, stand hold, stand your ground. And no, don't hope for today. Don't hope for anything in this world. But your hope lies in Jesus Christ. Your hope lies in one day that you will be with him up in glory. Amen. And I thank you for listening today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you once again for this day. I thank you, Lord, that you be with the listener, Lord, to watch over, guide, and be with them, Lord. If their prayers, they want to be more like you, Father, more like you, more, more, more about Jesus, what I know. Father, that we would do that more, that we would seek to want to know more about Jesus, that we would have that application within our lives, Father, that we would have that desire, Father, that we would prepare our minds to be holy so that we can love, Father. We can love those around us, Lord. Guide us and lead us. Guide us and be with each and every one of us, Father. And I pray your hand upon the listener, Lord. If there's any, uh, uh, you know what they're going through, Father, any pain, Lord, any troubles, Lord, any stress. Lord, I pray your hand be upon them, Lord. Any physical ailments, Lord, I pray you touch them, Lord. Any family issues, anything financial issues, Lord, I pray your hand be upon them, Lord, at this time. I ask all these things in your Son, Jesus Christ's name, I pray, Lord, let it be. Amen. Again, thank you for tuning in. Um, I've been asked uh, several times as to when we are going to continue to uh, our church, regular church services here, our physical church services in the building. Um, it doesn't look like till mid-May to late May that we'll be uh, congregating. Um, we just want to continue to, you know, look out for the people, look out for them, and make sure that uh, we're able to do our part in, in, you know, breaking the cycle of this virus and breaking the chain that uh, is going around. And so we'll continue to pray for you. Remember, if you have any prayers or request that uh, please send an email and we'll be praying in prayer for those uh, we did receive a couple emails so please uh, continue that and uh, god bless you have a blessed day amen oh and please check us out on facebook we're trying to keep that going or at least i'm trying to keep it going and uh if you uh, trying to catch up on old services or sermons um, uh, i have posted the links for the i believe the buzzspout that the podcast which i'm using so please like us on facebook thank you